When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve Podcast with your host, Nima Karazi. Nima is just a regular guy who had the gastric sleeve surgery, and this is his story. He is not a doctor. This podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have medical questions, ask your doctor. Now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the My Gastric Sleeve Podcast. I am your host, Nima Karazi, and this is my journey. So today I really want to talk about the medical hoops I had to go through before I could have this surgery. Now again, this is my journey, my medical hoops, my doctors, my insurance company, only to do with me. It might help you understand what potential hoops there may be for people who are thinking about doing this surgery in the future. So I really just want to go through a few of the major medical hoops that I had to go through before I could have this surgery be approved. Again, the way that I got here was that I spoke with my doctor and uh, he explained to me that I'm uh, really on uh, borrowed time, essentially. That was enough to motivate me to look into this kind of surgery. And once I... I decided to do it. Uh, and after my doctor recommended the surgery for me, I was put on this plan. Now Kaiser has their own plan. And so I was on the Kaiser plan. And the first thing you have to do is you have to take 10 uh, nutrition classes. Now they're, they're not just nutrition classes, they're nutrition and psychology classes. Um, this is different than the psyche value you have to do which you have to do. And it's different than all the other physical tests that you have to do, the blood and the urine, the feces and, and all that other stuff. We'll get into all that. But this is just a 10-week course where you have to be on a call. You don't show your video, but you are on this call for an hour and a half, uh, sometimes to two hours. And you are sharing your stories and you are hearing other people share their stories and you are learning uh, about nutrition and how it can help you and how it can hurt you. And you are, you are also learning about the psychology of your mind and how that can help you and hurt you. It's incredible. It's probably the greatest 10-week course I've ever taken. I have the notes uh, sitting here in front of me. I refer to them all the time. And I want to go through a few of them with you all now. Um, so some of the stuff they say in the in the first week is, you know, they recommend 10% weight loss by surgery. Nothing is set in stone. Uh, nothing is asked of you implicitly, but they do recommend 10%. They recommend you keep a food log uh, to eat three meals a day, four to five hours apart, and to go ahead and reduce your portion size and start exercising 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Now, at this point, I had already started walking. I was walking 15 minutes a day, a couple days a week, and then I bumped it up to 30 minutes a day, three days a week, and the fourth day I was doing 15 minutes. 
ultimately I was doing 30 minutes a day, four days a week. And that, that was good enough for me. That was a, a big enough difference. So after that, we went over nutrition. We went over plates and sizes of plates and portion control and um, what you eat first and you always eat your proteins first and and so on and so forth. And so you're, you're going over these, these different scenarios and these, these different um, bits and pieces of knowledge that you're gaining and you're, it's all bite-sized information so it's very easy to digest, uh, no pun intended. So it is you know, you, you have your plate and you have your starches and you have your, your vegetables and your, your fruit and your, your protein and your protein is first and then that and then this and you're learning all this stuff and it is amazing what you don't know. It is amazing as, as much as I know about nutrition and I know a lot, it's incredible how much I did not know and that was very impressive to me. So you're, you're kind of going back and forth between the psychology of it all and the physicality of it. They talk about anxiety. They talk about fear, emotions, motivation, um, knowing how to recognize and manage and motivate yourself. I personally have a little voice in my head that uh, tells me to shut the fuck up uh, a lot. Uh, If I'm walking and my legs hurt or my back hurts a little, uh, most people have this little voice that's like, come on, buddy, you could do it. Come on, I believe in you. Let's let's do this because we need this. And and my voice, uh, when I'm hurting and my, my back hurts, my knees hurt, my legs hurt, my thighs are burning, my voice goes, shut the fuck up and just keep walking. And that's fine. That's totally fine to motivate yourself with a little bit of uh, dirty language. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. So... That's how I motivate myself. That's how I do it. And uh, I checked with my therapist and it's fine. (laughs) So no big deal there. They go over the difference in hospital stays and post-surgery because the people that are in this class with you are either going to do the sleeve or they're going to do the Ruin Y because Kaiser doesn't support the lap band surgery any longer. So you may be in a class with people who are doing the Ruin Y and they're asking different questions than you and they're getting different answers than you. Or maybe you guys are asking the same question and they're getting a different answer because they're, they're completely different surgeries. That's way more invasive. Uh, it takes far longer to do that surgery. And so it's, uh, you know, they, it's just totally different. However, there's a lot of uh, similarities and a lot of fear of like deep vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolisms, uh, leakage, and a lot of that is remedied by walking uh, a lot before and also shortly after the surgery's over. And so this is like a big aspect of post-surgery and being healthy afterwards is being able to walk and, and walk a lot. So uh, currently I'm walking uh, 15 minutes a walk twice a day. So two walks a day. And so it's a total of 30 minutes. Eventually... I'm going to walk 30-minute walks twice a day. So I'm going to be walking for an hour a day, every single day. This helps promote, obviously, weight loss, but it also helps promote my circulation in my legs so I don't have uh, a deep vein thrombosis or an embolism, and it helps my wounds heal, and it helps me not die, which is uh, the ultimate goal, I believe. A lot of the things they go over in this nutrition course is what pills you should take, what vitamins you have to take, because you have to take a lot of vitamins because your body's not going to be able to digest or 
absorb as many vitamins now with a smaller stomach. So basically, they just teach you a lot of these things that like surgery is a tool. It's not a solution. Fitness is important before and after surgery. Eat your protein first. Hydrate. Take your vitamins every day. Meal plans. Those are important. Don't have liquid calories. Don't have too much sugar. They go over what vitamins you need. They go over the best protein shakes to take. And with movement, you lose weight, you reduce the risk of infection, and you have less depression. And that really is the total sum up and ultimate goal of this whole 10-week program is that you are able to understand and comprehend these concepts and to absorb them into your life so that you can be a better candidate for weight loss. So after the nutrition classes, you have to have a psyche valve. And the psyche valve is relatively simple. They just ask you if you've ever been depressed before, if you have, you know, self-harming uh, thoughts on a regular basis. And it's not something that I've thought of. Uh, I've been in therapy before uh, the psyche valve. I'm still in therapy now. I really think that if you were mentally unhealthy enough, I, I believe your doctor probably would have picked up on it. But if not, this psyche valve definitely will. But it's really just a, a like maybe 10 to 15 questions of, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And what support uh, system do you have in place? And, and thankfully for me, uh, not only did I have the Facebook groups uh, for support, my wife obviously is living with me and we're quarantining together. And my uh, family's very supportive. And my friends who have had this surgery before are very supportive. So I had a very, very good tight knit group of people that I know and trust very well, who were there to support me through all of this. And so that really helped them do one session, one evaluation and say, okay, you're fine. And, and you're in therapy. So that's even better. Um, so that that was the the psyche valve was relatively simple for me. Another medical hoop that I had to uh, jump through was was the exercise. So they definitely wanted me to exercise uh, 30 minutes uh, a day for five days uh, before the surgery, which I was doing four days before. And they wanted me to, to keep exercising after, which I'm doing 30 minutes now post uh, every day. And that was like a big deal for me. I, I really didn't want to walk. I, I never was able to stick with it, just like I've never been able to stick with a diet. You know, I I would walk, 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 and then one thing would happen and it would ruin everything and I, and I wouldn't be able to, to do it anymore. But something changed. I, I really wanted this surgery. I really wanted it to work. And I was willing to do anything. And if that meant walking, then I was willing to walk. And I just set my alarm. And the first thing I did when I woke up is I put, I woke up, I peed and brushed my teeth, washed my face. And then I put my clothes on and then I walked out the door and I went for a 30 minute walk in the morning. And luckily there's a park that's uh, like half a mile from our house or a quarter mile from our house. So it takes like six minutes to get to the park and six minutes to get back from the park. And then you walk 18 minutes at the park, boom, 30 minutes, easy peasy. So I was doing that every single morning. Uh, or almost every other morning at like 7.30 in the morning. The beauty of doing this on a consistent basis is you start bumping into people that you're seeing at the park that are also walking. So these people that are walking at the park that you're seeing uh, on the days that you walk. So if I walked like Sunday, uh, Monday, Wednesday. So here were my days. I walked on Tuesday, Thursday, 
and then uh, Saturday, Sunday. Those are my four days. So when I would go to the park on those days, because those are the days that I walked, and I always walked in the morning on those days, I saw the same people there, the same people that had that time schedule for their walks. And the best time to walk at the park is early in the morning because there's no kids there. So it's very limited. Everybody's wearing masks, which is fantastic. And, you know, we just kind of have like a very small, um, quiet, (laughs) uh, uh, but like knowing wave to each other of like, hello again. And they would give me a hello again. I, th- I throw a peace sign everywhere I go. It's kind of, I just like that a lot. So I, I would just flash a, a peace sign at everybody. And then uh, most of the time they'd wave back. Sometimes they'd give me a peace sign back. And that's pretty cool. And then that's just it. That's just my, that was the whole thing. And it was like really encouraging to see these other people at the park. And one time I was walking in the park and, and it was one of those days my thighs were burning. My legs were hurting. Uh, my back was hurting and I was trying to tell myself to shut the fuck up and just keep walking. And uh, one of these guys that was walking uh, around the park uh, was started walking bo- with me. He started walking with me and, and he said, hey, I've seen you around this park a uh, couple weeks. And I said, yeah, I, I try to come uh, every other day. And he goes, uh, I see you, you're doing the work and I don't want you to get disappointed. I want you to keep walking and I, and I believe in you and I know you can do it. That's it. And then he, and then he walked away. There, there, he didn't wait for like a thanks, man. I appreciate it. Or like, ah, but the, you know, shut up, dude. You don't know me. Nothing. He just said that. And then he went on his merry way. And it, it boosted the whole rest of my goddamn day, man. My pace was faster. My, uh, my pain kind of went away. Uh, I felt so much better, way more, way more energetic, uh, way more electrified. I was like amped and like something so small, from somebody that I, I don't even know. I've, I'd seen that guy twice or three times in my, in, you know, all my walking, but just something that he said meant something to me. I, I felt seen, I felt heard, I felt uh, noticed and understood, and it was amazing. So that was great. That was uh, really awesome. Uh, so between the nutrition classes, the, the therapy that I'm currently in, the psyche valve, and the exercising, uh, I thought I had everything pretty down pat. And then uh, they hit me up and they were like, okay, you have to do some tests. And I was like, sure, no problem. So they're like, okay, we have a bunch of blood tests we need you to do and urine. And I was like, okay, so I did all those. I went in. I'm a very good patient. I'm a very good patient. So when you when you poke me for the blood, I'm good. I tell you which vein works best. I tell you what needle to use even because I've been having a lot of blood taken lately. So no problem. Yeah, take the blood. Here's the urine. We're all good. And then go back home. And then two weeks later, they're like, oh, we need a fecal sample. Okay. So I have to do that there. I can't. Apparently, I can't do it at home. I have to do it in, in at, at Kaiser. So I go into Kaiser, go down to the lab get the thing, go do that. That's, that's a, that's an experience I'd rather never experience again. Uh, so I give them that they're like, great. And then they said, we want to do an x-ray of your chest and an EKG. And I was like, okay, that's wonderful. Yeah, let's do that. That's easy. So I have to go do an x-ray in a different lab. And then the EKG was a different thing. And then they wanted me to do a breathing test. So then I did a breathing test as well. That was another day. This is all weeks in between, by the way. And then there's the, so then the surgeon checked everything and he was like, you're good to go. And then the second um, surgeon that was also on board looked and he was like, let's throw in an echo anyway, just because I'm worried about his heart. And I was like, okay, I get that. So 
Then I had to go and do an echocardiogram, which is uh, basically, it's like an ultrasound of your heart. So they did that, took a bunch of photos and stuff. And then I, I came back. And then when everything was approved, they were like, okay, we have one more test for you. You have to do a tobacco urine test. Because, so here's, let me tell you this. Six years ago, one doctor asked me, do you smoke? And I smoke uh, like six cigars a year, like one every other month, right? That's it. Like special occasions, my birthday, my buddy's birthday, like, and then like four more times throughout the year, I'll have a cigar. Like, that's it. I don't smoke anything else. I used to smoke a little hookah. I used to vape a little bit, but also those were like twice a year or three times a year. Nothing serious at all, right? Great. So I was like, yeah, man, I have like a cigar every now and again. So he puts that in the system. So then forevermore, every doctor that checks with me is like, oh, hey, you, you're a smoker. So we have to um, give you, we have to uh, write you a prescription for nicotine gum. And we have to send you to uh, this uh, tobacco awareness class. And we have to let you know about X, Y, and Z. And so they were like, for this thing, you have to do a urine test for tobacco, which I don't care because I haven't had a cigar in over a year now. Um, but at the time I was, and I didn't care at the time because it, it was literally just like a month ago. So I, I didn't care, but it was like just one more thing that, that is delaying this uh, surgical date. So fine, I did that. And then I spoke with the surgeon. So my surgical consult was November 16th with the surgeon. I speak with the surgeon and he says, are you ready? And I say, yeah, I'm, I'm ready whenever you are. And it's November 16th. And he goes, okay, how early can you be ready? And I'm like, whenever you want. I'm ready whenever you are. I'm thinking January. I'm not thinking. He goes, how's the 23rd? A week. A week from that Monday. So the following Monday. And at the time, my director was off until Thursday. And we had a big sale coming up. And also, I wasn't going to be able to be ready mentally or uh, housewise with like my pre-surgery checklist, I wouldn't have been able to get everything uh, prepared. And we'll we'll get into that in, in a later episode. But I, there's no way I could have done the 23rd. So instead, he said, I have the 23rd, I have Tuesday, the 24th, or I have Thursday, December 3rd. And I said, give me December 3rd, I will take that. And still, that's like, that's 17 days from my consult, which is ridiculous. I mean, most people get their surgery date. They're like, oh, it's three months out. It's four, two months out. It's, you know, forever out. And he was like, no, 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 let's do it. December 3rd. So he writes me in 730 AM first surgery. And I'm oh, great. Now I have a surgical date. So I tell my parents, I tell my wife, obviously she's right there. I tell my, my, you know, family, uh, who knows about the surgery and, I start preparing and, and I uh, still have to wait for my boss to get back from her trip. And then I tell her, let's have a conversation because now I need to leave and I need to be off work for, uh, you know, like, you know, probably a week and a half. And then we we ended up talking about it and she was very, very supportive. But had I said, yeah, let's do the 24th or the 23rd even, it would have been absolute chaos in my life, work life. Uh, everyone's lives. It would have just been ridiculous. And thankfully, uh, the surgery happened. Everything went well, and I'm uh, recovering fantastically. But it was just something that was uh, very uh, kind of drastic and dramatic uh, for me. 
But anyway, so those are the the major uh, medical hoops that I had to go through. The nutrition classes, which there were 10 weeks of. The therapy that I'm still doing. The psyche eval, uh, which luckily for me was just one day. Um, the exercising, which was bef- before and after, more after, ironically. And all of the tests that I had to do. The blood and urine and feces and x-ray ekg echo and and uh, uh urine for tobacco and a covid test and an a1c test uh, as well and so then everything was greenlit and i was ready and i went in and i had my surgery and it was wonderful so that's it that's this episode uh, i thank you very much for listening i hope this helped hope you have a good rest of your day I'll talk to you guys later bye Thanks for listening to the My Gastric Sleeve podcast. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, give us a five-star review, and share it with a friend. Please follow us on all social media at My Gastric Sleeve Podcast, or let us know what you think at mygastricsleevepodcast.com. 